Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Great Match Generator here. We are actually seeing each other because we're actually recording this on Zoom. <laughs> yep. Me and Matt. Yep. Using time with the video going. We got the video going. We, we're we not actually going to release the video because I will ugly today. And Matt. Yeah, and Matt I, is, I haven't showered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to put dirt on his dirt yeah. on his home. Doing some doing some lawn work right before this, so not uh, not a video day. Not a video day. But well, I'm wearing this nice Philadelphia Extreme shirt. Nice, awesome. From Pro Wrestling Tees Barbershop Window. I do love that site. Yes. Yeah, so, so it's been a while since we've done one of these. Greatest wrestler ever launched. Greatest match ever. Are we moving back to November? Yeah, I think so. So it seems that, that the kind of consensus on the board is that um, a, a year is maybe just a little uh, too short of a window to, to kind of feel like we're getting work done between them. Um, so we've decided to move it to uh, November. So instead of SummerSlam, we're doing it the Survivor Series. And then I think after that, we'll probably go every other year. It seemed like that kind of was what people um, liked. And that will also put us to not be doing it the same year that the big greatest wrestler ever um, rollout is going to happen, which is, you know, seems like uh, it would be overkill and too much competition for people's time. So uh, I think it's going to be good, but. Because but a lot yeah, of people that are, back to November. Wrestler, are also doing greatest match ever. So it, it really is a great time to be a wrestling fan um, on, if you're on these boards, um, Greatest wrestler ever just got its start. Um, I was part of a watch party on um, Saturday. We watched Jaguar Yakota. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. And it was fantastic. It was fantastic because I got to watch um, Jackie Sato. Mm -hmm. A couple Jack more Jackie Sato matches. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, man, the Jaguar Yakota is probably shooting way up on my list. She wasn't even on my list, but she now she's shooting way up. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. Uh, we you know, and the, the Jackie Sato matches are, are really good. Did you watch the um, La Galactica match? Yeah, the La Galactica match. Yeah, we we Kat DeBerry had a two hour comp, and it wasn't really like a best of. It was like her in different roles. So the La Galactica match was one of the matches he chose. Is it the uh, the big one? The the one that everybody loves that's got the arm blading and like yes. Yes, yeah. yes, it was the arm blading. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, where she's biting the arm, and yes, that's uh, I that's, was like, this match is disgusting but epic at the same time. That's a match that's making my uh greatest match list this year. It's it, it oh, this me. that match might make my greatest match list this year, too. The, as an phenomenal one, um, yeah, so there's uh, lots going on, always great projects to help kind of to me to help organize and direct my watching. Otherwise I'm just kind of aimless in, in sort of what I watch and why I watch it, uh, which can be fun too, but I do like these projects for that reason. Oh, stuff. I was like aimless in my watching today. I've watched some World of Sport, some some yeah. Wrestle Association R, some, and I was sort of doing in spirit of greatest wrestler ever. Like I'm gonna evaluate these wrestlers anyway. So, so you know. And you can get involved with both greatest match ever at GME Project dot Freeforms, GWE Project dot Freeforms dot net and mm -hmm. Pro Wrestling Only is the hub. You think the GWE Project would be the hub for the uh, greatest wrestler ever, but it's not. It's Pro Wrestling Only dot com for the uh, greatest wrestler ever. And you can also join the Discord and get a mailing list steven is running that there on pro wrestling only so you get you guys get a good plug there for greatest wrestler ever as well and we have four great matches 
for you today. And we're going to talk to the, the, the cases, essentially, of these four as well, of the eight participants as well, because mm-hmm. why not? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rick Flair versus Blackjack Mulligan from J- JCP, 1978. This was the 10-23 match, the Texas death match. Mm-hmm. Um, then we had Jerry Lawler versus... Dutch Mantel, a barbed wire match. They had two barbed wire matches in the span of seven days. I think this was the second one. I think so. Yeah, the, the March 29th one. And that's the higher regarded one. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Kizuchika Okada versus Kenny Omega. G1 B-Block final. Um, it was essentially the B-Block final from August 12th. 2017, and then we have the main event of SummerSlam 1992, Bret Hart versus David Boitzman for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, um, August, what was the date on that? Let me see. Uh, August 29th, 92. August 29th, 92. Mm-hmm. We saw a starting date order, so let's go to Ric Flair yeah. and Blackjack Morgan. And speaking of Ric Flair, he was voted number one on The Greatest Wrestler Ever. Yeah, unsurprisingly, Flair was number one last year. I mean, I think there was a lot of um, talk about other people. Uh, we'll see if he he holds on to it this year. It's I don't think he's holding on to it. I really don't. I think. Yeah, I, I think a woman might. I think a woman might get it. This we're five years out. I, it's it feels weird to even like sort of make much prediction for the broader project because who knows who's going to be participating? Joshi's got a lot of um, support right now. Even momentum right now, which I'm all for 80s. And yeah, I'm all for it too. I'm all for the Joshi momentum, but yeah. Ric Flair is always a popular guy. Sure. Uh, you you know, you're going to have your Flares, your Funks, Kobashi, Misawa, Hanson, Brian. Like, I think all of those people are going to get lots of votes. And so it, it's going to depend on what momentum looks like in five years. But, um, but you know, we have it here a pretty interesting sort of line on his resume. The, the, Texas death match with Blackjack Mulligan was... Yeah, this was a very bloody match. What's up? This was a very bloody match. Mm-hmm. Well, Flair's a, Flair's a great bleeder. Um, yeah. So even in a, like, kind of blurry 78 match um, with his blonde hair, you can always see the blood and you can get a feel for sort of how visceral it is and how much it adds. Um, but yeah, I love Hunting Grover comment on the greatest match ever for all is a great flow this was a texas death match flare juice great clarity not sure it was in my top 100 but i still enjoyed watching this match that those are my exact thoughts yeah i kind of feel the same it's it's clipped the one that we saw and i'm not really sure how much we're losing in it to be honest it feels like it starts a little ways in um so we get about we watched about 10 minutes of it yeah we watched about 10 minutes of it and like i gave it like three and a half stars because it's like this is like a three and a half star brawl, 10 minutes in and out. It, and and he, it's a brisk 10 minutes. Yeah, I'd probably go a little higher on it. I think that they did. Um, I, I see the reason it's nominated and the reason it sort of gets some hype. It's Flair's totally outmanned in it. Um, Mulligan is, is the bigger brawler and um, is really sort of laying on the offense. That He made that big claw. Um, oh, that claw was brutal looks absolutely um, devastating because the fans are losing their absolute minds for it. So um, that was like really nice how they built up to that. It's really, it's really textbook kind of playing the crowd, right? Like the crowds, the crowds into everything here, every move they do. It's, it's pretty simple brawling. Um, They use the counts pretty well in the, the Texas deathmatch style, right? So it's a pin and then you have to stay down for 10 after the pin um or after the the submission or whatever it is so they use that pretty well and that can be something that loses momentum um i I think the big thing for me is like maybe i give this a little bit of a bump because blackjack mulligan absolutely paint brushes flair uh after the match oh yeah i remember that it was like in the face about as hard as you can uh and flair i think he's selling but he looks legitimately out of it so great post-match a little bit of extra violence in there um you get the run in from i believe that was steamboat um you know coming in and delivering some chops and so 
kind of chaotic, hectic, straightforward. Um, I'd probably go about four on it. What we see, I'd have to, I have to do a little bit more research and see how much we're missing. Cause I don't tend to rate anything that, that I don't feel like I have most of the match. Um, but, but what we had was great. And I think it's, a, it's, you know, you see Flair being great and you see Blackjack Mulligan, who's somebody who doesn't probably get as much general credit um, being great as well. Big bruising, you know, walking tall baby face here. Yeah, I think Blackjack was very good here. Um, he was a good baby face, just being a valiant, like, ass kicker, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, Flair bumps around for him like nobody's business, you know? And I feel, I, I, I just feel it was overall very good effort. Yeah, it's, it, there's nothing like super surprising here. Um, great wrestling it doesn't kind of come close to my list or anything like that, but um, certainly glad I watched it. This is the only match from this particular group that I had not seen before. Um, I watched for our discussion, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it, it sort of, it sort of it feels like it felt like it of its time it feels very good yeah so let's go to the barbed wire match which we had the whole match mm-hmm. um jerry waller dutch mantel and this was gritty yeah yeah this is a great match i it's been a while since i've seen it but i i i really do like this match um yeah it, plenty to kind of unpack with this but to me this feels like like a lot of memphis does this it feels like a bar fight in a ring um it's it's a lot of punches and selling and timing and that's what lawler really excelled at and that's what mantel really excelled at too um again another case where we have the the guy everybody knows is great or every or lots of people sort of consider to be great um at least those who who watch memphis and care and like memphis in Lawler and then you have Mantel who's a little bit lesser known or, or maybe lesser praised in the the broader oh, yeah side. I had the Ric Flair Blackjack Mulligan at 3.25 but now I'm putting it at three and a half and, and when I first rated it gotcha uh, but anyway back to Lawler Mulligan or Lawler Mantel um, it, it's it's great it's great wrestling it's it's I totally get why folks love this era. I'm not quite as high on Lawler generally as some people, um, but I do think he's a great puncher who makes the most out of his skill set and his timing. Uh, the use of barbed wire was sort of strange. So they're still doing rope runs. They're still like kind of bouncing off of the, the barbed wire, but they do it more of like grinding people into the barbed wire. Yeah. How they it's not like the barbed wire stops you every time. Right. Yes. I liked I liked that, you know? I liked that. I liked how the barbed wire wasn't inhibiting the action. It it was okay. It was fine to me. Um, They explained it well on commentary, which was that the barbed wire is to keep people out. So it's more like a cage in that regard where they use it when they sort of will will rake someone's face across it same with a cage um but you can still kind of run the ropes you can still do all that stuff you need in a match so um it's an interesting barbed wire match it's you know a, a great violent beating from both men to the other so uh, i really really like this match and, and it lived up to my memory of it so you know it's awesome. If if this showed up on someone's list, I wouldn't be particularly surprised. It's not quite there for me, but still really great. I would rate this at a solid four, honestly. I was higher than that. Um, I was about four five, um, four point five, maybe even four and three quarters, depending on my mood. Uh, I'm not as I'm not as big like I'm not as into the the 80s territory slash Memphis style right this second. It's not like sort of the thing that's at the. Not, four it's not. It wasn't really my sort of style either. That's why I'm a little lower on it, yeah. honestly. But there have been times when I've liked that style more or I've been more in the mood for that. For style. instance, like four and three quarters star match for me is a match I watched earlier today, the doll collar match. Like, sure. like that's something I really liked. The Flair like, Piper match, yeah. Or not the Flair Piper, the, the Valentine Piper match. The, the Valentine Piper match is something I really like. Um, yeah. This is something I really what like like i liked it but some of the uh nuances of it i didn't really get you know 
um, from a modern wrestling fan's eye. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think that's fair. Like, I, I, Memphis is something I don't think everybody is going to like quite as much. I'm slightly lower on it than its biggest champions, but I'm probably higher on it than, um, like, I'm higher on Memphis than most modern wrestling fans, and I'm higher on modern wrestling than most Memphis fans. Um, I, I think that's sort of the best way I'd say. I think that. Memphis has its place. Um, and I think the promos are better than the actual wrestling in Memphis. <laughs> If you know what I mean, if you know what I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, the the, the promos are great. I I still just think the wrestling's awesome. I think that's I think it's in the vein of lucha brawls, right? Like these very simplistic, minimalist, almost kind of matches that are built around punching a guy in the face. Uh, and, right. and the you know that's something I have a, a ton of time for. Um, and it's timing, right? This match is not built on you know we'll talk about Okada Omega in a little bit. Like very different kinds of wrestling philosophies on wrestling. Um, and I just, I have a lot of time for both of them, to be honest. And so, yeah, I love, maybe, I mean, maybe I'll get a tolerance for it, but, but as I watch more of it, like I liked Valentine Piper, that's all about timing too, because it's like them punching at the right time, doing the dog collar thing at the right time. Yeah. Um, but to me, the visual of the dog collar. It's just the visual of people running the ropes when there's barbed wire there. <laughs> and I've been trained for so long to think barbed wire stops you. Right, right. Well, I mean, but I thought you said you liked that it didn't inhibit them. Like I, 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 I did I, like that it didn't inhibit them, but also it was a conflict in my mind. Hmm. Yeah, I mean... It didn't bother me that much. It, I mean, it's certainly not a match that's making my list. I mean, I, I think the dog collar match is, is obviously better. I mean, it's not one we, we reviewed for this, so I, I didn't watch it. Recently. No, I just watched it today. That's why I. Right. But I mean, you look, you don't, you know, you don't have to watch like the match. Like that's also fine. Like in four stars is good. Like I just, I, I think it's that, not like I hated the thing, Matt. Right. I'm not saying you did. I just said I liked it. <laughs> um. You know, I think it's, I think this style is really um, maybe a little bit more for me, generally speaking. Oh, okay. So I like, I like how they, they work against one another. There was some maybe like segments in the middle um, that I didn't love quite as much. Um, I did, but I also did really love their heated punch exchange in the middle, right? It's sort oh, of yeah, the heated fun. punch exchange was awesome. That was like one of my favorite parts of the match. And then, Flair goes for the, I mean, I mean, Waller, oh my God, goes for the pile driver. It's very much um, in the vein of like how we see a lot of modern indie wrestling will still do the kind of like the punches in the middle, right? Like I punch you, you punch me. And right. I think a lot of people don't like that about the modern um, version. But here it's, they, they're selling it in such a way that like, each punch feels like it's doing a ton of damage and it just there's a different feel to it so i kind of get why people might not like the more contrived modern version again i do um but i couldn't help but sort of look at this and compare it or think of it in my mind as juxtaposed to a lot of modern wrestling and the way fans and then they trade the missed elbow drops and then waller scores the pile driver to end that sequence yeah um yeah there's lots of lots of good good simple stuff in this um you know i'd say four four point five i think at one point i had it rated four point three five but or four point seven five excuse me um but yeah i mean somewhere in that range i, I think it's a pretty great match and uh just uh, just outside of the the kind of top tier that gets considered for my list but still something i think well 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 worth watching i think dutch is very good in this match yeah dutch is great in this match um, he's great in the whole feud. I, I, I think I might like their, I think there's a no DQ match, if I remember correctly, that, that I like maybe even a little bit more. But regardless, they, they have a, quite a few matches, and I really like all of them. Like, well, my favorite Memphis match, of course, is the Condition Stamp Brawl between Lawler and Funk. The, wait, the Concession Stand Brawl or the Empty Arena match? Empty Arena match, that's what I meant. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great match. Um, it's sort of hard to rate or judge that match to me sometimes, but um, yeah, I mean, Funk and Lawler were great together too. They had another, they had a no DQ match that was great. Um, 
you know, lots of there's lots of good Memphis matches. And then the concession stand brawl. Who was that with? Um, I'd have to look it up. I don't. I don't know Memphis quite as well off the top of my head. I don't know Memphis as well. I know there was a concession stand. I'll look it up. It's- actually, Tupelo. It was a Tupelo concession brawl. Here we go. Roller and Dundee versus Ferris and Latham. Right. That match is awesome. From 79. Yeah. Where they they where they just brawl all over the place. Mm-hmm. That yeah. match is awesome. Yeah, Memphis has has lots of great matches and lots of great uh, it's a brawling territory, right? It's it's, pretty... it's a brawling ter- it's a brawling territory. And some it just depends on my mood, honestly. I like a lot of brawls, but it, it depends on my mood. And maybe I wasn't in the mood for this match when I watched it. You don't have to be. It's all right, man. <laughs> what I was in the mood for was some Bret Hart, Davy Boy Smith. This was really good. One of the best. It was one of the best. Can we say this is like one of the best main roster WWF matches ever? Um, I don't think it is, but I'm lower on this match than most people. Um, I, I, I think it's one of the, um, more exciting matches of the early nineties up until that point. Sure. It's, it's still a great match. Uh, I mean, I guess I could talk about what I like and don't like about it before we get into to judging it broadly. Um, I, I think it, it has a sort of slow middle part that oh yeah is um i don't dislike it it feels almost okada-esque to me in that there's a lot of like sort of slow work that's done sort of near the beginning and the middle but then it it kind of comes to a head and, and before you realize it you're kind of in the heat of the, the the match, in the heat of the last quarter of the match. And so I, I kind of likened it to, um, you know, that old saying that if you put a frog into water and then you start boiling it, the, the frog won't ever realize that it's that it's getting boiled. Right. A frog into boiling water, it'll jump out. Uh, I almost felt like that, right? Like I didn't quite realize that the water was boiling in this match until it was until I was sort of already in it, right? And I was, I was sort right. of immersed in it, right? So it's not a perfect metaphor for what I'm thinking of, but, but you kind of get the point, right? Okada does that too um, in his longer matches, not so much in, in the one we'll talk about in a little bit, but in his longer matches, he'll start slow and then all of a sudden you'll realize you're in this just sort of incredible struggle between two um, people. I think this is kind of a microcosm of the things I love about Brett. Um, I always think Brett's like a legitimate contender for, for one of the best ever, but I rarely know how to articulate that. Like I really know how to like what to point to in Brett's work. Oh, I had him number two. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's even higher than I would have him. Um, But I think he's, he's incredible, but it's also like, it's just, what does he do? That's so great. Well, it's kind of everything, right? Um, Some of the things I think he does really well in this match that really shine is he, does little things that set his matches apart or that set him apart right so for example in this match you get near the end he's got uh he's got bulldog in a sleeper and uh and bulldog backs into the corner and brett has to let go of the sleeper well instead of like letting bulldog walk away he kind of like comes to after he lets go and just puts the sleeper right back on right so you just never see that kind of thing like most most spots like that are much more predictable like once you if you're listening to this podcast or if you're on pwo or if you're on greatest match ever the board you can predict what happens in wrestling a lot of the time you can watch it and you can know oh there's going to be a drop down or oh there's this is going to happen or he's going to kick out here um you kind of get a feel for it with brett he zigs when i think he's going to zag a lot and so he always kind of keeps me engaged in that way um he's always using bulldogs momentum against him um, I love the way he puts the sharpshooter on when they're both laying on the ground. I thought that was really cool. He kind of like just grabs the legs and just grinds to, to finally turn him over and put it on. Um, and Brett knows the dynamic between himself and other wrestlers, which is great. Like he understands that more than anything else. And so and I think that's the difference between like the really, really greatest of all time and just the greatest of all time. Sure. I think, I think, 
I think my top three were were Kobashi, Brett, and Brian. And I think all three of them do that. <laughs> yeah, they, they absolutely do that. And you know, so so back to this match, I think for here, um, for this rather, Brett is out wrestling Bulldog start to finish, right? Like he's he's getting overpowered. But when it comes to like staying one step ahead, Brett is usually just a half step. Logically better. Yeah, he he kind of anticipates more. He uses Bulldog's momentum against him. But then I love that by the end of it, you see Bulldog catching up a little bit more. So each kind of with each passing of of a, of a move or a segment of the match, Bulldog gets a little bit better, a little bit closer to him. And by the end, Bulldog's able to actually roll Brett up. And that's a Brett often uses the roll up as a as a finish in in WWE, uh, which is kind of crazy. It's an escalation tool. It's a there's a logic to it. He's out wrestling somebody. It's not a flash, but here Bulldog gets it right. So that's I thought that was a really cool little like mini narrative within this match. Um, obviously, the narrative is Bulldog winning the Intercontinental Championship. But I'm reading Superstar Sleezes, um, um, thing in the greatest match ever poll. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Form. And I think the NWA touring champ match is a perfect comp to what this match is. Kind of, yeah. Like we get subtle heel like tendencies from Brett. Um, like the champ comes in being all, all cocky and and sort of like like he's gonna raid into Bulldog Stadium and beat this hometown hero, Mm -hmm. you know, and Brett sort of like feels like a Bachwinkle here, almost like an AWA style Bachwinkle. Yeah, I can see that. He he's, he's definitely the cerebral champion. So the guy who's physically outmatched. So Bachwinkle's a good comp. Flair's a good comp during his his touring days, right? Like the the heel champion that's physically outmatched by your local boy um, is, you know, it's timeless, and and they are able to kind of use that a little bit. So I think that's. I think it's comp. really subtle here because Brett's supposed to be a face that it makes his match really brilliant. Yeah, he he works like. He, he does what I, I really love when people do this. So it's not heel work, but it's, it's just enough heelishness that you know who you're supposed to root for. Right. You know, yeah. the bulldog is the one you're supposed to like here. And obviously the, the crowd is, um, they're actually surprisingly a little bit more split than I would have expected at the beginning, but by the end, they, they, they want bulldog to take the belt. Um, they played the crowd brilliantly. I think my problem is I'm just not as big a fan of bulldog as a lot of people. I, I mean, I think he's, great physically um but I, I just he some he somehow finds himself higher in the general narrative of wrestling than i have him uh so I, yeah, I, and that's I, sort of my problem with this match too i was like i think brand davy boy and i think oh boy we're getting this very good thing mm-hmm. when it's actually it's really good but not getting into that extra gear that i think i'm gonna get yeah i think the end is amazing the end is amazing the end is amazing yeah that that's peaking at the perfect pitch right by the end of it it's it's great it's you know we're at we're at you know the five last five minutes are are kind of perfect but the rest of it is executed really well but just there's something kind of that doesn't connect with me um quite as much i still think it's great i still have it at four and a quarter um and i I had it actually (laughs) And I might have it, you know, there again, it's kind of one of those, it feels like it's kind of between, it feels like a cop-out, but. It feels like a four and a third. 
could be yeah it could be a little higher to me but four and a quarter is where i've always had it and it's, i never i didn't really come out of this thinking any different it's a great line on bret hart's resume and i think it's probably bulldog's best match i can't think of a match i, I think bulldog's better in to be honest but um but yeah white hot crowd wonderful stuff um a good a good SummerSlam main event and the fact that they main evented as as the intercontinental title match um, is pretty cool yeah now we get to the five-star classic holy mackerel this still holds up oh my okada omega this is their best match i don't think so i i think this is their best match (laughs) oh my god i don't think it is i still like maybe like the epics take so much out of me that i like this a lot more i'm more likely to re-watch this match than any other probably but i think i still oh, yeah this match definitely has the rewatch factor um, i still think the two out of three falls matches their best match I, yeah I, yeah if i'm being genuous um i would say the two out of three remote falls is their best match but i can't rewatch it uh, at, at a win Right. Well, it's a 70 minute match. I mean, it's a, it's a movie, so it's different. Right. And there's a difference between favorite and watchability and best. Like they often will overlap, but this is still great. I still think this is a great match, but I, I still stand by, even though that match that, that two or three falls matches, it's a, it's a long match. It's not something I want to rewatch a ton. It's to me, kind of the perfect version. I, I think this match might finish higher on the actual list. Uh, probably. I don't remember how they finished last time, and I don't really want to look it up right now, but um, I would imagine so. I think I'm a little... I'm I'm, I'm higher... But this is not a match. You're, you're, you're just marveled at, like, how much it is, how they pulled it off. People are kind of weirdly down on long matches right now, and I get it because I think New Japan's gone to that well too much. Um, but yeah, I just think there's like kind of a weird, you know, ebb and oh flow. yeah, yeah, people are down on it. People are people get high and low on certain matches, and, and I agree. Like I, I want twenty to thirty minutes is kind of the the most I want out of most matches. But when it but they built for- to the Alcano Mega match, so what people forget is. They built to that 70-minute epic so well. Yeah, yeah. It, when it calls for it, when it makes sense in the narrative um, and people can pull it off, I'm okay with it. So, yeah, I mean, that's neither here nor there. We didn't watch that match for this. We watched this match. So I do think this is still a great match. You're probably higher on it than me. Why don't you talk about it first? Um, this is just excellent pro wrestling. This is what I want out of a 30 minute <laughs> this is exactly what I want out of a 30 minute match when I am when I know the result and when I am five years removed from a match and I'm still standing and pacing and I'm acting like it's the first time I've seen this match mm-hmm. you know you have a great match mm-hmm. um urgency is something I've been harping on since the very beginning. This hasn't. Um, from the very beginning, when they're going for their finishes at the very beginning, and then they keep up that pace the entire time. They go at a ridiculous pace the entire time. And you just marvel at how they go that pace. Um, and they do some ridiculous stuff. The reverse run to the floor. I can mention like a thousand spots in this match where, uh, not a thousand, of course, but you know, at least five or six spots that got me out of my seat. And I'm like, holy mackerel, this might be the end. And it's not. So that, that's where I'm at. I'm at five stars on this. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not at five, but I do think it's great. I think to your point um, about urgency, it's something I value a lot too. I, I, I've, when we first started the greatest wrestler ever project, it was something I, I talked a lot about and I, I was doing a lot better at like doing reviews for the, the project then. And I always talked about urgency when I comparing matches. And um, I, I think that this benefits from, they had two matches already. 
Um, Omega knew he had to win. It was a non-title match. All the stars were aligned for Omega to win, but he had 30 minutes and he didn't have the long epic time frame to do it. So they come out swinging there that gives them the ability to kind of sprint. And into- I like that Okada came out swinging too. Because yeah, absolutely, so Okada, because just, Okada didn't have to come out swinging in that match. Okada yeah. could have just taken it easy and taken the draw, right. and because a lot of people, a lot of people might, might knock this man and say Okada's going to take it easy and take it the draw. Psychologically, that would have been like the best thing for this match. But I just love that Okada went bolts to the wall. It just made this match a thousand times better. It, it would have, I don't think it would have been the best thing. Like, it would have been the easiest thing, but they explained it well, right? They explained that Okada, you know, he's a, he's got a lot of pride. He wants to beat Omega, they have this personal kind of feud. So it worked out perfectly that they both kind of sprint into the middle of the match where there's, um, I wouldn't say there's like a lag, but there's, they slow down a little bit through the kind of middle third of the match, which is, which is, makes perfect sense. Um, you know, you kind of talked about the, the spots, some of the big punctuation marks in it. I think that's, those were all really great. The thing that kind of strikes me here, and it's just because I've, I've recently, you know, because AEW is a thing and I'm a big AEW fan and I, I you know, I hear a lot of like the Kenny Omega critiques, right? Like people who don't like Kenny Omega, um, um, kind of- I, I'm just gonna say this, um, and I, it may be disingenuous, but if you don't think Kenny Omega because is a great wrestler, what are you watching? <laughs> what are you watching? I think it's a, I think it's an approach thing, right? I think it's, I think it's people who really like certain kinds of wrestling might have trouble translating to Omega's vision of wrestling, and I think that's okay, like. I think I, I think more Omega than Okada. I, sure, think, I, I think more Okada. I think in the classic sense, he's a great pro wrestler. If you don't think Okada is a great pro wrestler, I think you're disingenuous. <laughs> it's possible. Um, I, I I have bigger problems with Okada than Omega myself, but I also th- I mean I think Okada is great. Like that's not I'm not saying Okada's not great. Look, regardless, so back to Kenny I'm, Omega. I, I'm just saying that because I have Okada as the number one contender in sure. my pro rest, in my pro greatest wrestler ever because the dude was on a run for from 2012 to, to literally last year that's literally one of the greatest runs ever. And I'm going to get passionate about this because the dude, eight years, that's longevity. People want to talk about longevity. That's longevity. And he's only 34. The dude's only 34. Imagine five more years of this. And he's not going to be like going go on this sharp decline. He's still not putting on great matches in 2021. It's not like this is, this is a man who's completely broken down. Um, and I rewatched this and I... I almost forgot how the structure, it all works for me. And, and I know people have problems with like some of the nuance, like Okada match formula and stuff like that. But if you don't think Okada is a great pro wrestler, I think it's sort of disingenuous. <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, like it, it's not a greatest wrestler ever podcast. So I, I don't want to get too much in the weeds with this. Like, I think Okada is great. Um, I do have problems with the formula being kind of feeling, feeling repetitive sometimes. Um, but I think th- this is a great example of where the formula kind of, they're allowed to play off of it and mix it up a little bit and it makes this match better for it. Right. So that, that informs. I think the- when Okada goes off formula, I think it's fantastic. Um, exactly what I'm saying. Okay? So th- like this allows them to sprint a little bit at the beginning and get a different kind of match that they still wind up at the end where like Okada really excels at these near falls and reversals and just pulling the drama out. Um, but to my point about Kenny, which is, which is what I wanted to sort of talk about for a second is 
one of the criticisms I hear is he kind of moves from spot to spot without really right right I I sort of get that critique more um with with both of them and it I I get it but it's like it's like don't we want fluidity in pro wrestling yeah I can see it and I don't again I just think it's a I think it's a matter of like generational styles change and, and there's it's just a different approach right so I would say that this is if I had to kind of pin it to one thing is they just they kind of use adrenaline differently in this right so adrenaline can carry a lot adrenaline can make you do crazy things in a fight um or, or in a competition and it can give you lots of energy well adrenaline just sort of carries the entire match right and so there are times when they sell longer um it's i think there's not as much dissimilarity between something like this and even like flare blackjack to you know to be right. honest on a macro level it just is performed a little differently um and i think that kenny is great at, at one at a style that speaks to a lot of modern fans but he also then becomes the poster boy for hate for a lot of fans who have trouble relating to the modern product. Um, he and Seth Rollins seem to be kind of the two. Yeah. I don't think they have a ton in common myself. No, they don't. But I think a lot of people group them together and that's eh, fine. Whatever. Um, so I think if, because they're so big mouth, that's why. Well, they're great athletes, right? Like they're also, it's like the, the, the joke is like CrossFit wrestling, right? Like, right. See it. Because Kenny is so physically gifted, like his physical timing is incredible. Like what he's able to do and how he's able to just millimeter precision on moves is 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 fantastic. And that's why I really really like Kenny Omega. I think he is awesome at what he does and his vision of wrestling. And he's true to his vision of wrestling. He doesn't change it. Because and and people- that's why I think people are being like hard on Kenny and Okada. It's like. It's like people don't want this vision of pro wrestling, and and sometimes I feel like it, it. It's like, yeah, we had this vision of pro wrestling for a long time, but sometimes things change, and things have changed. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But, but, but people evolve, and. You know, and it really comes down to people wanting great wrestling. And and I, I didn't mean to say disingenuous or not. I shouldn't have said that, but I I I I I just don't get it. You know, that's my that's just my thing. It's hard for me to relate to people who like like spend too much time on what they hate to be honest yeah Um, that's me too that's me too but so so again i kind of just to return it back to this match right i i was i had that stuff in the back of my head because i'd recently seen it right so all of this all of these like little sidetracks that we've taken um i had some of that stuff in my head and so i could see it right i could see it in this match i could look at this and be like yeah i totally get why somebody might watch this match and be like see, this is why I don't like Kenny, but I still do. And I still liked, to me, all the logic hangs together. It's, um, I, I talked about this um, elsewhere where like, to me, psychology is, does a wrestler do something that makes sense with their character, that makes sense within right. the match, and then it makes sense within the larger kind of logic that a promotion or a time period demands. And they do make sense in the larger scope of the promotion and of the time period. That makes sense with the New Japan. So if you don't like New Japan right now, that's fine. But don't say that like something like this doesn't have psychology because it does. So it's a psychology that I like. I think this is really fun. I think it's a great, um, it's even sort of weird to call it a sprint because it's like 28 minutes or something. 28 minutes. It's not a sprint, but it feel it, the match feels like it's 10 minutes. Yeah, I was like, I was like, you know, and I, I get excited about wrestling like that, and yeah. it, it's like, it's like that's the wrestling I get excited about, and I also get excited about watching stuff like Jaguar Yakoda, and yeah. I also get excited about watching Steve Gray and 
all right. these different guys. Well, it's a good, I mean, it's a good sort of mentality to have for a podcast like this, where we're watching things from different perspectives or different time periods and different areas and, and stuff like that. And so we can all kind of love it all and compare it all and, and sort of be into it all. Um, but you know, the long and short is I think this match is physically so crisp and clean, but without feeling over overly polished. Um, I love the pacing. I love what they do with the 28 minutes that they have and how they build off of the longer matches they'd had. And then also build towards their eventual um, rematch that wouldn't happen at um, in Tokyo, but happened at Dominion the next year. So yeah. really yeah, overall, just I love kind of everything about this match. It does fall just short of, of elite to me. I would say four and three fourths for me. Um, it doesn't make my list. None of the other three make, or the, the other three Okada Omega matches make my list, but they all rank really highly. So I do love the feud. That's fair. Love their dynamic. Um, I just think they do what I really want all my feuds to do, and they build to the best for last, right? The, the right. last thing they do is the crescendo, um, and it's wonderful. But this is still great pro wrestling. And if you wanted to sort of get into New Japan, it would, it would maybe kind of, or this this era, era of New Japan might be a match I would recommend because it's got two people who kind of embody the style in a G1 match that limits how long they can go. Yeah, I would say either this or the Okada Tanahashi or the Okada Tanahashi Invasion Attack one. The yeah. one where... Yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of different ones. I, I think like Omega is a great, is a great intro for people who don't watch new japan because he he does bring like the american yeah there's a, there's he, he works more in that big new japan match style than anything else but there's something that's sort of translatable especially if you followed his indie career like i, I watched him in the indie right too so um yeah i think both these wrestlers are great i love this stuff i do get why it's not some people's favorite thing in the world but i i i, I honestly get it too listening to you and listening to and but for but honestly for me it's like i i started watching wrestling in 2005 yeah, i yeah. missed all the errors of the uh noah the the all japan four pillars the attitude error right. the i missed everything mm-hmm. this was the era i lived through so I'm probably going to look at it through rose-colored glasses. Absolutely. This is my era. Yeah. Well, so I'm I mean, going to defend it like it's nobody's business because because New Japan 20, 2012 to – I started watching in 2013 with the Ichi Shibata, which I watched today, and I still love that match from yeah. G1 2013. Um, I'm going to look at it through rose-colored glasses and say this is – reason why i got back into pro wrestling Mm -hmm. yeah it's the same kind of thing with me and like um early 2000s roh and yeah i I missed out on that too that's that's my that's my that's the thing that brought me back in um yeah so yeah you're we're all gonna have our favorites we're gonna have you know i think you'll see to my point about memphis earlier a lot of the people who really really love memphis grew up with memphis um that was their that was their childhood wrestling or the thing that they liked when they were teenagers or whatever. Um, and so I, I, you could only have, you know, kind of maybe one or two styles promotions that do that for you personally, which is awesome. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm happy that this brought so many people, this kind of stuff brought so many people into wrestling, brought wrestling into mainstream circles in some ways. Um, and then obviously this led to what we have now, like this is in some ways, some of the stuff that led to, to us getting AEW and I'm, I'm such an AEW mark right now. I just think it's so much fun and such a good product. So great wrestling. Again, I, I give it four and three, four. So just, you know, I, it's, I think it's awesome. Oh, I got to look at next episode. Oh shit. Like, I just, I just realized I had to look at next, next episode and I'm like, I'm like, I'm not even organized. Um, yeah. <laughs> Because we we get passionate about this stuff because we love this. Yeah, that's why we do these projects. Yeah, to have discussions like this. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, that's why we do this. Honestly, 
Um, I wasn't trying to be like a villain or anything like that. Or, no, no, I think no. Look, we all like the wrestling. It's um, I don't think anybody was against anything here today. You know, it's just we love pro wrestling. And next next week's next not in the next two weeks, we're gonna be watching some good stuff. You want to you want to hear what we have? Do you want me to reveal the last match first? Sure. Shinobu Kandori versus Bull Nakano chain match. I love that match. All I'm Japan sure. Women LLPW 714.94. Rick Rude versus Ricky Steamboat 229.1992. I think that's the 30 minute one. I think so. I don't know off the top of my head the date. Um, 229. Uh, I could, I'm going to put it up later. Good. What are the other ones? Guerrero Maya Jr. versus Virus, 10-6-2013, CMRL. And then Bob Backlund versus Pat Patterson from WWF, 7-30-1979. You might have to do some searching for the WCW one either because Peacock might not have everything. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. Um, the Steamboat, the, the Iron Man match is 6 Oh, so this is the uh, it's a different one. Two twenty nine. Oh, okay, so lead up. All right. Um, cool. Awesome. I have actually ninety Super Brawl. Super Brawl ninety two classic title match. Sounds good. Um, um, plug a plug chug. Yep. Twitter uh, at Markout Mountain. Um. You can uh, obviously find the greatest match ever at greatest wrestling ever, gwe.freeforums.net. Um, so, fun project. Again, we're kind of pushing off till November. Uh, a lot of our conversation is going on over at PWO right now because the, the, the greatest wrestler ever. Stuff I was going to mention that. People are, people are super pumped about that. So, um, yeah, people are super pumped. I am super pumped because yeah. I, I, I've been like commenting in. I commented in the Brian and Okada thread. Mm, nice. <laughs> of course, I commented in Okada thread because I was just talking about like I how I rewatched the match the other day and I I, I loved it. Um, to me, um, but for me, it's DJ D Cooks on Twitter. Um, and D Cookie Punk forty three on Instagram. You can listen to us on the Social Suplex Podcast Network at Social Suplex on Twitter is where you can find all the latest stuff on Social Suplex. And you can go to socialsuplex.com for all the latest posts on the Social Suplex. And that will do it for us today. Matt, you have any last words? Nope. Make sure La you turn Love pro wrestling. Pure pro wrestling love. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.